0: Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.
1: Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. The heavyweight champion is taking the mandatory eight count and Foreman is as poised as can be.
2: Let's get it started in here.
1: So when I bust my around, you break your neck. We got five minutes for us to All of of tradition. when we be out, it's fully be that. comes into Here's Michael. Foul line, a shot on Elo. Good! Let's get it started. Woo-ha! Let's get it started. Here.
0: What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Wits and Roz here at the Sporting Edge. We are back and better than ever. I am back from the beautiful state of California. LA was a fantastic trip, but I didn't really like the sound of my voice over the phone, so I'm happy to be back here in the studio with Mr. Wits. And we have a lot to cover today. We just had the NBA draft, we finished the uh, U.S. Open, and we're going to get back into our favorite sport of the summer, Major League Baseball. So, Wits, very exciting night. In the NBA draft, we got some trades that uh, really impacted our hometown team (laughs) as well as not too much drama with the L.A. Lakers. So give us a quick little rundown of your opinion early on in the draft before we really kind of go head-to-head here.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I I always love watching the draft. Uh, You know, you get to see basically really young kids uh, fulfill their dreams. So that's that's one of the coolest parts for me. But getting to the actual pick side of things, um, I think it went pretty – much as expected at the top Markel Foltz um, 76ers traded for him or for this pick a couple days ago Lavar or Lonzo Ball got Lavar You can't
0: even say Lonzo Ball. You almost said Lavar Ball I, got drafted by the Lakers. I did say Lavar
2: because he's he's the only one that's like always in the news. I can't get him out of my head. Um, already put, proclaimed that the Lakers would make the playoffs their first year which Luke Walton basically told him to go
0: Yeah. scratch scratch yourself. Um but yeah, no. So Lonzo is the guy who was drafted, Xander. He was the one taken by the Lakers, and he's good. He's good. I think he's a good player. I think, every, and somebody was railing on him for not going to be or not going to live up to the hype. And all the potential he has. I think Lonzo's the best guard in this draft. I know everyone loves Markel Fultz, but you have to remember Markel Markel Fultz really just kind of got onto the basketball scene. Wasn't a high prospect coming out of high school and everything. And you know what? Maybe he's grown this whole Anthony Davis complex where you grow 10 inches your senior year of high school or something. It makes you a superstar. Maybe that happens. But really, this is the time for LeVar, hopefully to take a back seat and let his son drive the LA Lakers. Because this is a team and a franchise that needs to grow, and really that's the only thing you can do right now in this day and age in the NBA. But me and Xander will get back into that in a second. But I think Lonzo, with the help of maybe Paul George down the line, and I like Brooke Lopez there as a nice little centerpiece, I think this Lakers team is in the rebuild mode. And you know what? Magic Johnson might be the exact right person to have reign in this kid, and maybe even reign in LeVar, telling him, Hey, you can sit in this suite. Sit I don't in those think anybody suites, can
2: rein in Levar. If there was anybody, though, wouldn't you say Magic Johnson could arguably be the one guy? If there was anybody, I just, I just don't know if it's possible. I mean, he's trashed almost every person you could think of out there, and I don't know if Magic um, is going to be the one to stop him. But you know, my problem with the NBA right now is everybody is thinking so far down the line, which is I think what makes it kind of a shitty league. Yeah. I mean, we're thinking, you know, in three years, this team is going to be good. In five years, this team is going to be amazing. It's like, that's the thing you never hear about Major League Baseball or the NFL. They always take it one season at a, at a time. Because basically every year, you know the Patriots are going to be good. You know a couple teams that are going to be good. But the rest of the league, it's kind of a toss-up. I the mean, Raiders, for example, last year, yeah. how hot they came in and how well they played I together. mean, they were one injury away from, I think, making a Super Bowl run. I mean, Derek exactly. Carr doesn't break his leg on Christmas Eve. The Raiders, potentially. I mean, they probably... I think they would have beat the Texans. Um, but you could see... I forgot the back of quarterback's name. I think it was Matt McGloin. Matt McGloin. Um, it was just an awful game. But re- regardless, besides the fact... Every year, Major League Baseball and the NFL... There's always teams that, that surprise you. And there's always teams that have a chance to win. I mean, the sixth seed in the NFL playoffs... Has won the entire thing. I mean, there's been wildcard teams that have won... The um, World Series. And that's what's great about those sports. Every year... You know, there's not, there's never like three years down the road, this team's gonna be amazing. Nobody cares about those teams. I mean, we talk about like the White Sox, they're gonna be good in a few years. That's great for them, but each year you got new teams that come into the forefront. I mean, the Colorado Rockies this year, a team that you know I think wasn't expected to be great, um, but they're they're playing in the best, the best division in baseball and playing great baseball. But you look at the NBA, it's just like, well, one of the Warriors not gonna be the best team in the league by four times. You know, and one maybe, of the
0: Cavs are not gonna be the best team in their league. It's just right. interesting. Like The yeah. NBA is all about losers right now, Xander.
2: And that's right. the terrible the mindset. The most exciting season is the offseason. season Because it, is. it makes you think of what might happen down the road. But if you look at the regular season, it's probably the worst of the three NBA seasons. Worst. Kind of the most meaningless. Absolutely. Because in the postseason, you kind of have that
0: weird hope that, like, oh, my God, the Celtics are going to take one game. And that's how excited you can get for the Celtics taking one game after four or five years of this. So it's pretty brutal. But like you said, the offseason, really something I'd uh, look forward to. I mean, the Dwight Howard trade got me excited. I mean, he sucks. He hasn't Dwight done Howard, much. He's I, terrible. I, but did you not get a little excited? It was like, wow, he's going to the Charlotte Dwight Howard
2: still carries the weight of a huge name because you just think of him when he was at the Magic and he was like the best center in the league. And it's been that way for like seven years where he's still a huge name, but now he just sucks. Do you think he would get a max deal with any team in free agency? No, and he shouldn't because he stinks. Right? Okay,
0: and that's totally fair. But what the other point I want to make is, so there's a lot of trouble going on with this one-and-done deal. There were 16 freshmen drafted in the first round of the NBA draft this year, setting a record by a lot. So what I think is interesting, and maybe college basketball could hope on it unless they do structure a deal and make it so that one-and-done doesn't occur, although I've got my opinions about that, is maybe – instead of this losing atmosphere and this losing mindset that I feel every player outside of LeBron James and Kevin Durant and the Warriors have, maybe they stay in college because they know they're not going to win in the next four years in the NBA. I know money has a lot to do with them hopping out of college early, make their money and everything. But if you want to win and compete, you stay in college basketball right now because that's a very diverse field. Anybody can win in that level. I mean, the NCAA tournament I still think is the best postseason format minus maybe the NFL playoffs. So, maybe that they're going to help themselves, knowing that, hey, I'm the best player in college basketball, but I'm about to be drafted to the 76ers, who we'll talk about in a little bit as well, because I think their team is a couple years away, which is <laughs> the sad thing. That we, every team's a couple years away, but maybe that helps the one and done, because they know unless they go to the Cavs or the Warriors, there's really
2: no point in being in the NBA. Yeah, well, I mean, I think going to the NBA is a lot more about, like you said, money than. Such a sad being- thing. I mean is it is it sad it's, We're competitors, it's, it's Andy. capitalism at its finest. I mean these these guys have a chance to make, you know, more money than a lot of people do in, you know, an entire lifetime. If we got to play a game for our career,
0: that would be incredible and I don't think the money would be such a big factor in my life. I mean obviously I'm coming from a different place than most of these. Right, athletes. but if
2: you had the chance to move from from one step to another step and, you know, make basically an unlimited amount of money. Would you want to wait three years? You know, if well, I'm if very I, competitive, so that's the tricky. Well, part. I'm just saying, like, you know, not everybody is like fortunate enough to, you know, want to stay in college for four years and play basketball. I mean, if a guy has a chance and he's good enough to go and make all that money, like, why stop him from doing that? True. Do you think in the green room those players are like, huh? Maybe the Cavs trade up. Maybe the Warriors trade up some pieces. Or they hope that nobody drafts them. Honestly, I don't think so. I, I would think as a somebody coming into the NBA or any competitor, you'd want to be on the team that eventually overtakes that team on top. God. Yeah, that's, that's my thing. That's I, a lot I, of work. <laughs> like, it's a lot come of work. On. But, you know, it's, you know I, I just think, why would you want to go on the best team? Why wouldn't you want to you know help create a team that would eventually overtake the best team? And then, therefore, you'd be the best team. I just think... Like you said, all these guys are major competitors. I would think that's where their mindset is. That's where mine would be. All right. Well, we got a lot more
0: NBA to discuss and cover when we get back from the next or for the next segment. So that's all the time we have this time, everybody. You know where to find us at LibertyTalk.fm. You could also go on our Facebook, iHeartRadio AMFM 247com com, and we'll have our next TV episode next week. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back right after the break, everybody. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are back and better than ever, and we are better than the NBA, because no matter what, we're still going to entertain you, whereas the NBA, you get maybe four games of entertainment, but like we said, the offseason has been fun, and the offseason revamped during the NBA draft, as Jimmy Butler is no longer a Chicago Bulls. Instead, we got Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and Lori Markinen, who can't move very well, but is a great pick and pop guy. So, if you guys ever play pick-up basketball with Lori Markinon, I don't think you're going to take a W. Pick and pop's huge in that game. Slow defense on a three and three court or two on two court, way different than uh, playing at the NBA level. So, I think the Bulls got fleeced. I think Chicago's in a little bit of trouble. But at this point, who really cares if you're in trouble because you're not
2: competing with the Cavs or Warriors anyway? Exactly. I mean, that's the thing I think people forget. It's just like, the Bulls with Jimmy Butler were not even remotely close to winning an NBA championship. They weren't even they weren't even close to making it, you know, to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I agree. I mean, so people's people say they lost. I know the article on CBS says they lost. Um, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Well, exactly I don't know being, if they're bad enough to get a top pick. Still,
0: I think they're still a team that's going to win enough games to keep them out of like the top.
2: Eight or like eight top eight picks. It's so hard to say. I mean, the guys they got Chris Dunn. To be honest, I didn't watch him last year. Um, didn't play very much. And Thibodeau's thing: the rookies don't play very often. I, I saw what he did at Providence, right? Yes. I thought he was a solid player. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Zach Levine coming athletic out as very, very athletic. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to judge, um, and it's even harder to judge when I mean the league is such shit. You know, yeah. what's the what's the point? I mean, the Bulls lost Jimmy Butler, but who cares because the Bulls are, you know, if the Bulls are 5 out of 10, the Warriors are 10 out of 10. Like, they're not even close. They're not even the same league. That's the problem. The NBA, there is so much disparity There's because there's not enough good teams. No.
0: They, Although, the they, Timberwolves now, do you think they're a good team now? Are they a playoff team
2: this year? I think they should be. I agree. Um, I don't. Like, it's, it's hard to say how people are going to play together. Mm-hmm. Um, because the NBA is is such a, I don't really know how to describe it, but like you know in baseball every play kind of happens on an individual perspective. Yeah. Like your, all nine guys are on the field, but he hit a ground ball to the shortstop. He fields it. He throws it to the first baseman. It's like I feel like there's a lot less variability. Like when you sign a big pitcher or whatnot in any type of market, but basketball, all five players are constantly moving like at the same time. So you don't always know how that's going to transfer. I mean, I think Jimmy Butler's awesome. I don't think he's at the top tier of NBA players, which i probably put at about five or six guys. Okay. I don't think he's in there. I think he could be top ten, though, almost. I think top ten, probably. I mean, he he seems like a guy who might eventually be that key player for a championship team. um, Yeah. With enough pieces around him, which this Timberwolves team could possibly provide. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns... I think is a top five big man in the league right now absolutely and then Wiggins I believe is like you said going to be in that top five argument at
0: one point but the real question and what I think so I think Jimmy Butler's key to this team. He's the best scorer now coming to this Minnesota Timberwolves team, and plus he's going to be reunited with Thibodeau, so that's always a good sign. They really gelled well together when they were in Chicago, but he becomes the best scorer, taking pressure off of Andrew Wiggins right now, and I don't know how much longer we can go with saying like, oh, Wiggins is young, Carl Anthony Towns is young. They really got to start stepping into the role and start being those perennial all-stars that they're projected to be, but with Butler being able to score, that's going to spread the court, give Andrew Wiggins more opportunity to get to the rim. He's the m- Andrew Wiggins remains the most athletic guy on this team, and will be able to dominate with the ball in his hand, but he now has a score in Jimmy Butler. And, to help, and also, forgetting Ricky Rubio. Who's one of the best distributors. And that's and so the Chris Dunn thing that you mentioned is interesting. I think Chris Dunn's going to be a good point guard in this league, but he w- what he was supposed to come in and do is replace Rubio, and clearly that's not the game plan. Right. Rubio... Had eight assists and I think four rebounds a game. His scoring wasn't like the wasn't the top for point guards, but they said that his numbers were comparable to Chris Paul and uh, Kyrie Irving in terms of his being able to distribute and make the players around him better. So. Add Jimmy Butler to that mix. I think Rubio's numbers also continue to go up, and I think that's a good starting five right there. I also like Gorgie Jang. Gorgie Jang is, Gorgie is there their four.
2: Play the four. Yeah,
0: and he's a nice, big, lanky guy in there, 27 years old. So this, there's nobody older than Dude, 27 Richie on this Rubio team. Rubio
2: has also been playing professional basketball since he was like 11 years old. Exactly. Man. So the, There's the Chicago
0: Cubs to me in terms of teams okay. in the NBA to watch
2: out for because yeah, these guys could all was become all-stars. Huge, this is a huge acquisition, um, Jimmy Butler for them. Because I don't like I said I don't think he's like can lead a team like LeBron. He won't be the best player, but enough pieces around him like Andrew Wiggins develops to his full potential, he might be a top ten player in the NBA. And he could Carl be LeBron-esque, right? And and then having I think the way that you play the game it just kind of changes when you have such a great big man in Carl Anthony Talent. I mean, the way that the Warriors play basketball right now really has nothing to do with you know a big man. I know Zaza Pachulia. He's in their starting line, and they tonight. got into the paint at will. So the Cavs didn't have that role either, right? So I
0: think that caught would prove to be a problem down the line for right the Warriors.
2: because it ta- it kind of shifts the focus of how you know you play the game. The Warriors have you know probably three of the top fifteen shooters NBA history. We've said that multiple times, but you know I would kind of like to see the NBA maybe shift back to a little bit of the old style basketball, a little more physical in the paint, in the post, knocking elbows, knocking heads, um, and I think Carl Anthony Towns can provide that. For this team, which I think is awesome because he's really fun to watch. He's, he's absolutely good. fun to watch. But the NBA right now is not fun to
0: watch. So, me and Xander have been pondering all week because we're hoping Adam Silvers gives us a call. He tells us to join the NBA forefront in revamping the league because, you know what? It's going to be Warriors-Cavs next year. I'm sorry to ruin that for you. I don't like ruining movies. I don't like ruining stuff. But you guys have to know next year it's going to be Warriors-Cavs in the NBA Finals. Okay,
2: let me give you a what-if, though. You're Okay, give me a what-if. Chris if. Paul comes to the Spurs. That makes it more interesting, but I still because I think a lot of people forget the Spurs were up by 25 points before Kawhi, before Kawhi got Leonard hurt. let down. I'm not saying that they wouldn't have lost the next four games even if they won Game One, but you never know. Kawhi Leonard is probably the but what best. does that say about Lamarcus Aldridge in terms of being? I think it kind of damages credibility a little bit, but I don't think Lamarcus Aldridge is like that go-to focus guy. I think he's a great number two piece to a team. I don't think he's a guy who can lead a team by himself, which... His best numbers that. came with a great point guard in Damian Lillard, so... Right. Add Chris I mean, Paul, you never know what
0: you get from LaMarcus. I just LaMarcus. don't
2: think LaMarcus Aldridge... I'm not saying he can't play in the spotlight, but he's not... He can't he run can't a team. He can't be the go-to guy on yeah. a team. And he showed that didn't play well when Kawhi Leonard went down. But before that, and you add Chris Paul, who... Is he still a top five point guard in the league? I believe so. Okay. I mean, his numbers don't, don't fall. Right. Good enough. Um, you've got
0: Kawhi Leonard... LaMarcus Aldridge. Tony um, Parker is still going to be there. Manu's up in the air, but they've got um, a ton of talent. Danny Green. I, I like Danny Green. Great shooter. So, like the, like you said, this first team always can, can compete because, one, I think Greg Popovich is the best coach of all time. And so that team will be in the forefront. But what I'm thinking is we just do something completely different with the NBA this next year. Just give it a shot. Give me an opportunity here. We're going to have literally a standoff between the Cavs and Warriors. So for from October – to the NBA playoffs, they just keep playing each other in seven-game series. And whoever has the most seven-game series is the only team allowed to be in the postseason next year. Other than that, every other team, all twenty-eight other teams, will play against each other like they do in a regular season, and boom, that will fill out the rest of the landscape. But we have it so only one of those teams can make the playoffs, and that they just beat on each other all year long. Maybe that adds a little diversity to the whole thing.
2: Well, I've got a more more realistic thing that Obviously, was in Roz's world, by the way. Yeah, that was in Roz's world. This is in kind of Witz's world. Obviously, wouldn't happen because you know, like any other any other thing. You know, the NBA is a business, but You know, I think it'd be cooler if less teams made the playoffs. You know, realistically, having over half the league make it just kind of take... I don't want to say takes away the credibility of those bottom teams, but it makes the regular season worth a lot less. But you look at Major League Baseball, you've got, you know, six teams on each side. It's like the regular season. It's like if you don't get it done, if you don't win your division, you're at the mercy of other teams, you know, to try to make it in. Yeah.
0: I mean, I completely agree with you, but like you said... So yours is definitely more realistic than my approach. I just am trying to think about what would be entertaining to me, but like you said, it's a business. So money would be lost unless we really do see a shift in people marketing or advertisements running away from the NBA, which I don't think they will. That money's there, and they can't afford to take away those games. Right. So the NBA is stuck right now. Doctor Witz and Doctor Roz. We can't really figure it out right now how to make it more entertaining for you. Maybe we'll run onto a couple courts next year. We'll just make it. We'll streak. Nobody think, wants to see. I that. think they want to see it. I got a good new body. I've been working out. I've been. I'm looking a lot better than I did when I left college. Um, we're in the. It's not the freshman fifteen. It's the real world minus 15 so we're going to look good but that's all the time we have this segment everybody this is the sporting edge here with wits and Roz. we're coming at you fast we're coming at you hard with new information all the time we've got great guests coming up along the way in the next couple months so continue to follow us on facebook twitter linkedin instagram coming to you soon we got a new intern that we're excited to introduce to the world and everybody have a fantastic day we'll be right back after the break everyone
1: That will help you, give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba report is go to the and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubba We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubba to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report.
0: What's up, what's up? We are back, everybody, and I think we beat the nail into the horse's head. I'm glad that is every my...
2: Every week. Every week. in that thing.
0: I like that. That new little catchphrase. Hopefully somebody turns that into a Twitter hashtag at some point. But we are done with the NBA for this week, and hopefully until... Next June. Done. I'm done with the NBA until about 2020. I think. 2020? Okay. I'm done until next June because then I will be back on the LeBron James bandwagon and hoping he wins. That is, that, of course, when Carmelo Anthony decides to join the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's going to make him worse. I think it'll make him better. But, again, we'll leave that for another day because we have to talk about one of the greater sports, one of the more fluent sports, the PGA Tour. We just finished the U.S. Open. And you know what? Congratulations, Brooks Kopeka. Great I think, job. I think it's Brooks Kepka. Kepka. Your name, it'll elude me for the longest time, Kepka, but I will figure it out. Anyways, congratulations. Great round, especially round four. I think yeah, Sunday. It was fantastic
2: showing. It came, came to play, especially on that back nine. Um, you know, three partisan, three birdies. Really pulled away from Brian Harmon, who had a little bit of a rough stretch on that back nine. I mean, this is really close um, coming into the back nine, and Brooks Kepka was unbelievable. Um, you know really shine you know stayed in it the entire week went 60, 67 70 68 67 on the final day Hideki Matsuyama also played some great golf um finished tied for second and it's really funny Brian Harmon needed to make that last bogey putt um to come tied for second which, which was a
0: 500,000 dollar putt yeah i was like i shake over like 5 dollar putts. I had a big 5 dollar putt yesterday that i wasn't able to hit with you guys but I think that was on a mini golf course. It was a mini golf course, but Harmon, a $500,000 putt. What I would do for $500,000 to putt a golf ball? Absolutely. I mean, I might, (laughs) you probably would. I'd skydive, I'd I'd do bungee jumping, I would put my hand in a crocodile's mouth, I'd do a lot of things for $500,000, but you got the opportunity to do it with one putt. But what I liked what you said is Hideki Matsuyama. Way to put the pressure on at the end there. I know Kepka pulled away at the end, so it didn't really matter very much, but Matsuyama made him do that. I think you had to fight. Like I thought Matsuyama really had a shot of winning this entire thing. He was 66 on round four. So very interesting last round, obviously, until everything pulled away. But I think it was the early round, Xander, that had me irked Upset. Annoyed. Uh, Ricky Fowler, I know you're pissed Well, off Ricky Fowler about. always pisses me off because that's a guy, you know what? I like the flat brim hat. I like his look. I like the orange he's flashy, pants. yeah. He's, he's flashy. And he, he just can't close. I don't know how he is with women, but he really can't close on the golf course. And you know what? Maybe that picture is telling at the Ryder's Cup when he's alone with no girlfriend, no wife. <laughs> that might be that he's just not a closer. And you know what? Once again, had a lead after a certain amount of holes. I don't know the number at this current time, but then fell off. And again, fell off brutally. I mean, he finished tied for fifth, which sounds great and everything, minus 10. But his last round, he shot a 72. And his second that's round, he shot a 73. That's even, even par. That's fine, but mm-hmm. look, at the da- look at what he had before that. He had a 65 on round one. So there's the start. There's the guy that's ranked in the top five in golf. Where are you on the last day? Where are you in the middle of the rounds? Why can't you hold on? And then we, that you know what I'm mad at Ricky, but I got to take a lot of the pressure off Ricky because he's the only person in that top five that really has a fighting chance. I mean Spieth, we know, made the cut as well, but where's his name on this leaderboard list? Nobody really knows. But then we got to talk about Dustin and Jason Day
2: and Rory McIlroy well, not making the cut. Hideki's number two in the world golf rankings. Yeah,
0: I think he moved up though after this U.S. Open I mean, performance. He still had
2: to be close near the top.
0: So maybe Hideki's going to be our new superstar. But we need a superstar in golf that wants to hang around for a little bit. All right, And I know we're going to have a little bit of a conversation about this. But i got to tell you, golf needs that superstar. And it's not going to happen when Dustin Johnson is still blowing stuff up his nose and Jason Day can't make the cut. Rory, go back to Europe and figure out your stroke. Get back to us when you can play golf. I don't know what's going on in here, and I know I'm being really harsh, but I like watching golf. And I wasn't the biggest golf in, but Tiger Woods definitely got me going with this. And I think you know where I'm going with yeah. the polarizing
2: nature of Tiger Woods. Okay, the Tiger Woods argument is, is very valid um, because you can see, even when he's not playing, the story is either, you know, the story when he was playing was he's playing great, everybody's watching him, he's winning a lot. The story when he's playing bad was it's not who's in the leaderboard, it's how bad is Tiger playing the first two rounds and not make the cut. And then when he's not playing, it's why is Tiger not playing, why is the best, you know... The most polarizing athlete, I would say almost ever, one of the most, I put Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan in my top two of just transcendent talents in their respective games that I don't know if we'll ever see again. I mean, the Tiger Woods argument is just still, we're still talking about him. Like, yeah, yeah. And I I been mean him to him and I've been mean to him on this show. yeah have been mean to him. I'm about to be a good guy today, right? Good good guy,
0: good guy bad guy? Good good, good guy, Roz, bad Roz. Good Roz, bad Roz. And that happens. I'm a, I'm a flip-flopper here and there. But, Xander, as you mentioned, so I agree with you. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. Polarizing figures could be one and two. Obviously, I have my opinion about LeBron James, but I'm going to let that rest because he didn't win the NBA championship this year. But it's not like they're the only people that were polarizing. It went from bird and magic to... To Michael, It went from Michael to Kobe. It went from Kobe to LeBron. LeBron probably will take it off to KD. So there's always somebody in your sport that is polarizing and really brings the fans to the game. Golf right now, I'm a little concerned. The statistic I have is from 1997 to 2008, Tiger Woods only had three years where he didn't win a major. He won 14 majors in that time period. And Rory, since 2011 to 2014, has won four. So that's somewhat impressive and everything, mm-hmm. but where is he now? Where are these stars now? Speeth I know, had his year where he won two majors in the same year. Dustin Johnson finally won one. Jason Day, they all won one. They're all... Then I like diversity.
2: We just talked about why there needs to be some in, right. in the NBA. I think for, the, for the hardcore golf fan, it doesn't matter. You're right. They're going to watch no matter what, but... Like you said, for almost everybody else, like there needs to be so watched golf because Tiger Woods was on. It's just it's not a bad thing, it's just the way it was. It was like you wanted to see everybody wants to see Tiger, what he's doing. But You know, maybe we're just in a little bit of a low period right now. I mean, But I don't think you can have a low
0: period. I think that's bad for the sport. That's what we're having. I know, but listen to the statistic. In 2008, when Tiger won the PGA Championship, they had one of their highest ratings. The year after that at the PGA Championship, where he wasn't in, obviously, we had some issues with the car, maybe a golf swing at a golf window, Mm. whatever we want to talk about there, and 21 other women in between, there was a 55% decrease in viewership in the PGA Championship when Tiger wasn't playing and wasn't a part of it. So golf cannot afford that. They can't and the purses are getting higher for these tournaments. The money is going this going up. I was there was about to be bad radio because I'm using my hand gestures here. Money's going up, viewership's going down and that needs to be flipped or else the money is going to start coming down with the viewership. So I'm I've become more of a golf fan, but I can tell you that kids probably aren't picking it up as much anymore since there's nobody really polarizing. I don't think Different demographics are pulling it up like they were with Tiger Woods. Golf's in trouble. They need their stars to come to play. And that is Spieth, McElroy, Dustin Johnson. I don't even know if I can consider him a star. I really I is Speeth and McElroy.
2: Justin. Okay, I, I would I think golf has stars. They just don't have a superstar right now, which, you know, is it is posing a bit of a problem. You know, Jordan Spieth, it looked like was gonna be that next guy after he won those two majors. I think it was two years ago. Hasn't played that well lately. I mean you look at Jason Day hasn't played that well lately. Dustin Johnson, injured, hasn't played well. Rory, I mean, all these guys, I don't think it'd be much of a problem if they were all, if you had like five or six guys at the head of the sport, which I would say golf has about five or six right now, they were constantly competing for that top spot, but that just hasn't been the case as of late. I think when you have a sport, you need athletes that everybody knows and can go out and watch.
0: Which I 100% agree with, and this one goes out to Jared Rubin because I know he's going to be listening to the show and, unfortunately, he couldn't be here because he's a busy man. He's a working man. And I understand that me and him have had this argument that there are t- a lot of other tournaments in golf outside of the majors, and these guys are performing at these other tournaments. I mean, Spieth currently right now is in first place at the Travelers. I got to tell you, though... That's great for the golf fan. Just for, like, me, I enjoyed the Cubs winning 11-1 this week against the Marlins because I'm a Cubs fan. But nobody else is watching that game. And similar to golf, who is watching the Travelers other than you, Jared? I mean, and other good <laughs> golfers. So I got to tell you, it's when you show up. It's like LeBron, you, they asked him to show up in the finals. He did. He's won three finals appearances. The majors, you got well, to he show lost up. lost five, so. We ignore the five, but he's won three. Kevin Durant had lost two before that
2: or one also, before that golf also has a much different setup with the major like look at all the other the three pro the major sports they don't they you know they have the regular season playoffs you know golf is a little bit different with the majors and the FedEx Cup it's, yeah it's you get
0: awesome. multiple opportunities you don't get multiple opportunities in the NBA you get four chances to win a major a year you don't get four NBA finals to win so why can't speed be winning apples in and oranges I, get, I mean, it's completely apples and oranges, but you know what? I get to be frustrated, and the PGA had me upset. But again, congratulations, Brooks. That was an awesome outing. Kepka, I've got the last name down, so we're good to go. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. You know where to find us at libertytalk.fm as well as amfm247.com. We're coming at you full blast with TV this coming week as well as trying to hit you up on social media. So continue to contact us and reach out to us, and we'll get your segments online. This is The Sporting Edge, and we'll be back right after the break, everybody. What's up, what's up everybody, this is Wits and Roz here at the Sporting Edge, and as you can tell this week I am the opener for every segment. Wits just thought it was uh it was a good test. He feels he's the head honcho here at the Sporting Edge. But I really <laughs> I really believe that I have my place as definitely one A, one B like if we were at a racetrack and you see those horses, the, me and him are right there the one. A. one eight. We're, we're we're winning together, essentially. <laughs> so that's what that's what we've come to. We've talked about our golf, we've talked about our basketball. And now we're back to our favorite summer sport, Major League Baseball, which again, not much has changed at the top of the power rankings. We still got the
2: Astros, who are still without their pitchers. 50 wins, though. 50 wins. I mean, look at every other one. team in the AL. Um, Boston's the only one that has got to 40 wins. True. Um, you look at the AL East, the Yankees are 39 and 31. Um, the Rays, 39 and 36. You're I know, Playing Ra- some good baseball. And my, my big play of the week, the Cleveland Indians. I think our starting, which is going to be a pull away from the rest of the AL Central. They're 8-2 in their last 10. Right, and Irvin Santana is... Falling off the map. He's not Again, been doing
0: so. We love our play. twins here because of Corey, but that it was a tough series to watch him against the White Sox. They just got pounded. Right. So I think you're right. I think the Indians are about to make their run. They're already two and a half games up. Which was a shocker, as the Twins were ahead last week in the division. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing that I want to rip you a little bit for, and I know he had a great game recently, so I guess I can't rip you too hard, is Manny Machado and the Baltimore Orioles slipping, slipping, slipping away. They, they
2: stay. I mean, thirty-five and thirty-seven now. You know what? The, the problems with the Orioles start and end with their starting pitching. Okay, it's garbage. I don't care. I don't care who's. I don't care if they got the AL All Stars batting for them. Their pitching is garbage. Zach Britton is out. You, you can't win with that kind of rotation. I mean, it's the worst starting staff ERA in baseball. And it's it doesn't look like it's going to get much better. I mean, you look at these guys. They just don't. Chris Tillman is not the guy that he used to be. He used to be their number one guy. Kevin Gaussman is a 6.6 ERA. Ubaldo Jimenez with a 6.25. Um, and they've allowed 358 runs. Second most in the American League behind the A's, who haven't been relevant, I think, since Moneyball Billy Bean and the Moneyball. The movie. The movie. Um, That's almost like winning a championship for them, don't you think? Like they I had mean, a movie they, made they, after them. They haven't been good. But regardless, you know, they're scoring four and a half runs a game, but I mean, your starter gives up four or five runs and can't get through six innings. It makes it really hard to win. So the Baltimore Orioles. I think this the season might be a lost cause. I, You know what? I was really low on them last year, and they stuck around for like five consecutive months doing a show every week. I said the Baltimore Warriors, Orioles would fall off. It would be the Red Sox um, at the top, and they stayed with it. This year, I'm much more confident um, in the prediction that the Orioles can't possibly sustain this pace, which isn't very good right now. Um, Plus the, the competition pick. in the AL right?
0: as well. It's a big mountain to climb, right. with the Yankees and Red Sox being where they are. But I like that. You know how much fun baseball is going to be after the All Star break if it's the Red Sox and Yankees fighting at the
2: top that of the division. Baseball is at its best, I think, when the Red Sox and the Yankees are at the top of their games it's and they're in the division. And obviously, they're not the best team in baseball. I would say it's probably the Astros. But when the Red Sox and the Yankees are good, it makes the league better. I mean, it's probably. I think. You know, in my opinion, hands down is the best rivalry in Major League Baseball history.
0: Can I bring up something? A question for you that's interesting. No. So in the NBA, not today. not today. All right, we'll save it for next week. Uh, but in the NBA, there's really nothing competing with the Golden State Warriors right now, right? Nothing. And we can talk all we want about LeBron and the Cavs being superstars and how much I wish they could beat this team. I have this feeling. So you just said it. There's only two teams in the AL that have won over 40 games, and that's the Red Sox and that's the Astros. In the NL West alone. There are three teams over forty-five wins. Is that the is that just the division of destiny this year? Is there anybody who can take that one of those teams down? The Astros, as good as they are, Red Sox, as good as they are, the hitting of this Yankees team, as good as it is, like is this all just a precursor to the NL West dominating in the World
2: Series this year? Well, I, I think it's kind of hard to play over you know regular season dominance into the postseason in baseball in particular because. It's such a different game than the NBA, where everything—I'm not gonna say it's scripted—but it's much easier to know the outcome. Like Golden State, some people said they weren't gonna win. I was one of them who said the Cavs were gonna beat them. But as was I, right? You know, it was so much more predictable. But baseball, um, you know, the playoffs, each game—it's so intense. I mean, the the best thing about the playoffs is the score totals. I mean, during the regular season, you'll see totals—you know, nine and a half, eight, eight and a half. Playoffs will be down to like five and a half, six. I mean you don't have these high scoring games. Every team is buckled in. Um and, and really any team has an opportunity to win in baseball, which I think which makes the sport so special. I mean it doesn't matter if you're the number one, you have know, the best record in all of your league, or if you're the last wild card, every team has a chance. Every team is close enough and can put together a series that is good enough to win and get them to the next round. So you know, I love the NL West, what they've been doing. I, my favorite team out of all three has to be the Colorado Rockies. Um, Mr. Nolan Arenado himself. We need to get him on the show because I've never seen somebody fantasize about Nolan Arenado more than you have. Dude, He's unbelievable. I mean, he I think he is the best hitter in baseball right now that is active. Mike Trout's on, on the okay. disabled list. I love how you just keep playing that, but yeah, well, absolutely. I, I mean, he's he's unreal, and I don't give a cr- crap. That people says he plays in Colorado. I think if you watch this guy hit, he is, you know, a top three hitter in Major League Baseball. But, I mean, the interesting thing about the Rockies, like we've talked about before, is the youth of their rotation and how good it's been doing. I mean, they're 13-4 and four in June. Their pitching staff has had a 3.7 ERA, third in the majors. Their offense led the entire National League in runs scored per game. Um, you know, nine of their next 12 games are against the Dodgers and the D-backs. So this is a little bit of do-or-die time, I think. But pre-All-Star break, this is the heat turns up a little bit. They had a little trouble, though,
0: against the Diamondbacks this past series. And I think Paul Goldschmidt and Jake Lamb are just propelling this Diamondbacks team forward. Uh, What's interesting to me is I think this is going to be similar to the NL Central a couple years ago where they had three teams all win over 100, although the Cubs, I just lied about that one, but just had the three best records in the NL. Yeah. Came from the Central. I think that's going to happen here with the West. I think the Nationals, I can't believe the Nationals are like two games back on them already. And they're headed in their division. And there's nobody. Like 12
2: and in, a half games. I
0: know. That that division doesn't even matter anymore. And then the Central, nobody seems to be winning. It's the most mediocre uh, division in sports right now. Everyone's either 5-5 and yeah, in their yeah, last Yeah, they went 10. from like the best to like the worst. I yeah, think. it's just a weird thing. But again, that's baseball, which we love about it. Right. So, But it gives me hope. Because that year, where all three of the teams in the NL Central had the three best records. None of them made it to the World Series, meaning none of them won it. And the Mets were able to pull off getting to the World Series that year from there, and the Royals, I think, went on to win it all. I have faith for the Cubs still. Why not Why not ride with our Cubs, our hometown team? The pitching is just disastrously bad, although Arrieta, nice little outing against the Marlins. They're hitting when it comes on. I think they're one of the best hitting teams in the league. They won 11-1 the other day against the Marlins. I know that's just one game out of 162 but if they can get their hitting going, which I've been saying every week on the show, it's a scary team in the postseason. See, like you wouldn't want to face them in the postseason. As you said, I low see,
2: numbers. Right now, I don't know, but that that's the funny thing about being a fan of a team who did really well the year before. You know, you keep we sit here every week and say, you know, the Cubs couple starting pitching fixes, they start hitting the ball a little better. They're good, but at a certain point You are what your record says you are. And I think the Cubs are approaching that point where we say they're not a good team. They're just an average team. And that's the thing about baseball. At a certain point, your record is what you are. That's until that's, until we trade for Chris Sale and well, Clayton be, Kershaw nice. and
0: Dallas Keuchel yeah, we're
2: going to have all three of those guys on our roster probably a billion dollars
0: for that's a, probably a billion dollar investment but that's all the time we have this week everybody this is the Sporting Edge with Wits and Roz we're hoping to have a big time guest next week it would be super exciting to share with all of you guys other than that we're just going to be on our social media pages Face hit us on Facebook Twitter Instagram LinkedIn all the above. We're going to bring you a lot more content on those pages coming up. I know me and Wits are not the social media masterminds, but we have people we hired to do that for us. So we'll be all over your social media. Reach out to us. Me and Wits will personally talk to you on the messages. Just because we don't do social media doesn't know, doesn't mean we don't know how to talk. So we'll be back next week, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm and AM/FM 24-7. We'll see you next week, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk event.